I love looking out my window in my office and just, there's a shitter right outside my, my office. It's just wonderful. I can see workers going in and out, especially the ones that, that are in there long. I'm like, ah, oh, good. That's, I know what you're doing in there, but it's lovely. Gung ho! Maybe. But boy, I sure as hell don't remember that. Send children to space. Like I just ran up the rocky steps. The movie ends so abruptly, looks like, yay, we won! And credits. Oh, yay. That's why I watch movies. That's why at 9 o'clock, just... Oh, it wouldn't be an episode if we don't start off by bitching. Bitching about the kids, it's usually the way it goes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Overall, though, things are good. Just busy. Really busy. I know. And I'm yeah. ready for the... I bitch about this all the time, too, but... Uh, summer can fuck off. I'm done with this Man. heat. This Man. heat is brutal. Yeah. But on the good side, I talked to my boss today, and he let me know that uh, all of the uh, pertinent people have been informed about my m- leaving this contract and going to the new job, so that's a good thing. So yeah, I can officially talk about it that I've got. A, I'm getting a new job, so, sort of, <laughs> and I'm very, very, very excited about it. Oh, I'm so happy to be moving on from what I've been doing for the last two decades. Yeah. Hey, that was me a couple months ago. I was like, praise Jesus. <laughs> New job. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, anyway, that just, yeah. you know, that's a, it's a nice promotion and which makes room for buying more movies. And yeah, because I don't know why I need a promotion for that. A homeless person can buy the VHS tapes I'm buying. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, I got my my fourth. Anchor Bay clamshell the other day. I like that. Yeah, me too. Even though they overcharged me for it, the bastards, I still didn't care because I was like, you know what? I'd still pay a dollar for it, so thank you. So it was a dollar and how much? Uh... Oh, no, it should have been like 35 cents or something, but it was a dollar. They, they just rung, rung me up wrong or something. I, I don't know. I was like, you know what? I don't care. It's widescreen presentation of uh, Fitzcarraldo. So... But you know me, I'm, I'm paying for that Anchor Bay clamshell more than the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's me for so many movies I own. I'm like, well, that, that movie's shit, but yeah, you know what? I like the case. I like the slipcover. It'll line up with my other ones. Yeah, it'll line up, oh, because they're all numbered now. I have to make sure that I get number five, six, and seven. Like, I get the, the Vestron uh, line, and there's some great movies in the Vestron line. The, no, the newest one that they're going to release is Maximum Overdrive, like a, like a deluxe collector's edition, but... They also released uh, Lair of the White Worm, which was not good, and Chud Part 2, which was awful. And I don't have them yet, but I'm like, I'm missing those numbers. I'm missing those fucking numbers in my lineup there. And I'm like, I'm going to have to spend there. Of course, they're crazy expensive. I'm like, I'm going to have to drop 20, 25 bucks for fucking Chud Part 2. <laughs> and I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I love it. Oh, it's just... I know. It's, uh, well, and Vestron's one of those logos that in the in the VHS S hunt, whenever I see Vestron pop, pop up, it's not quite a Canon reaction. When I see Canon, that's mine. Yeah. What, I, I'm, I've got Rumpelstiltskin family musicals, and I've got Chuck Norris movies, and whatever. If it's Canon, it's... Uh, give me that. It's gold, but, yep. 
Vestron has some stuff where I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not even, uh, no, I don't need <laughs> that romantic comedy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but, um, oh yeah, more on, more on stuff that I've been watching and, uh, <laughs> coming up soon. Oh, me too. I have also been watching more on stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's. Well, we're, yeah. we're fully in the show. Are you ready for yeah. the roulette? Uh, unfortunately, yes, I am. Oh, oh good. Uh, I'm Eric, by the way. And I'm Eugene. And let's go to the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And this episode, uh, the movies are Hostiles up against Corbin Nash, which you chose because of Corey Feldman, I'm sure. Uh, and you get to go first this week, sir. Please tell me about good. Corbin Nash. I'm glad I get to go first. Uh, because I've been saving this up about all week long. Uh, Corbin Nash gets zero stars because it is completely unwatchable feces. <laughs> 95 minutes that felt literally like four hours. Uh, it is a bad TV pilot. It felt like a bad TV pilot uh, that didn't work on any level. Um, slick HD whatever nonsense. Something about... This badass Corbin Nash guy that is a frowny, grumpy dude, and he gets attacked by cross-dressing tranny, I, or I, Corey Feldman, maybe, like with lipstick on and a dress, and I'm beautiful and I'm a vampire. Um, and then other things happen, and Rutger Hauer gets paid for a day's work, um, and Malcolm McDowell embarrassingly... Uh, basically explains the plot of the movie here and there, and then he gets paid for his day on the shoot. Uh, fake blood and gore and fake CGI and makes no sense and vampires catching people and making them wrestle. They wrestle or something and it's fucking stupid. It was stupid. This probably, it probably is the worst roulette of the year thus far. I loathed this movie. Even cross-dressing Corey Feldman, which I almost gave it half a star because of him, but I'm like, you know what? This movie is so awful. There is literally no redeeming qualities about this movie whatsoever. Uh, it, it's all over the place, and it's so overly... Uh, the plot is so... It's How do I say it? It's, it's so plot-heavy, but not. So the whole movie, they're explaining things, and they're setting up this world, kind of, sort of, that I don't care about. And, God, God, this movie was... Awful. Awful. Anyway, hey, Corbin Nash. <laughs> well, I'd feel bad about it if I didn't just absolutely stack your picks this week with, like, A-plus titles. Yeah, but Corey Feldman. <laughs> and the thing is, you warned me, you were like, uh, so directed by, written by, produced by Ben Jagger and starring his brother. That's just all sorts of red flags, and I just... Uh, if, if there's a big sign that says, you know, bad decisions, and it's just Eugene just... Barreling through that sign head first. <laughs> That's me. Uh, but how was his brother's acting? Was it top uh, tier, like the headlining name? No. I mean, he it was okay. It was one note. He was just a grumpy dude that uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Mickey Rourke in Sin City. But not near as cool. Not near as cool, but just grizzled. I've been around the block, but... None of it made sense. The the storyline was so all over the place that I'm like, you're just 
you're just pissed off all the time. Much like I'm pissed off all the time watching this shit show. But, uh, I mean, I, I watched some crap, but this one was... I would take a sci-fi original over that any day. It just felt... It felt like fan fiction that based off of some obscure comic book that... Uh, okay, enough Venom. I'm, oh, I've been saving it up. I'm like, I'm not going to text you. I'm... I'm I, oh, I, I assumed that this was coming, so I'm, I'm yeah. not really surprised. Yeah, but um, I'm sure there's an audience out there that would probably get a kick out of it, I guess, and, and all the more power to you, but wrestling? Really? What? Oh, whoa. fuck that movie. Okay, back to you. Uh, Hostiles. After a long career battling the Cheyenne, a U.S. Army captain is ordered to safely escort the tribe's most influential chief to his Montana homeland. Starring Christian Bale and Rosamund Pike and a cadre of other people. Uh, I am giving this movie a thumbs up. At two hours and 18 minutes, I'm going to say it's a smidge long. And the smidge long was not like, oh, you should have cut this scene or that scene didn't have to be in there or anything like that. I would say you could trim back on some of the slow camera pans of giant vistas as a, up to a person's back as they look on into the sunset and wander about the future and life and the meaning of every... You know, there's plenty of that that, like, yeah, we could have scaled that back a bit. Um, and, I mean, maybe even brought it down to, like, 210. Like, if you had just a little bit of trimming, I'm not talking major, just a little bit would have picked up the pace enough that I would give this movie, like, a, a high A or something. But as it is, I'm I'm probably in the B area, maybe maybe even B plus. I this movie does not shy away from killing people at all. I was I was gonna say that I had read reviews that said this movie pulls no punches. It's it can get pretty graphic, and it doesn't wait around to do it. Within the first five minutes, even before the I think before the title card, a whole family gets slaughtered. That's not really a spoiler because it happens so early, but. I was like, holy shit, like, this is what we're doing? All right, okay, well, where in the hell is this going? Anyway, uh, it's kind of a journey film. People have to go from point A to point B, and where I hesitate to, like, really, really push it on anybody, it's not a happy movie. It's not really a super depressing movie either. It's just... Ah, they went and did a thing, and that's how it ended up. And you're like, what the fuck? Why? Man, the Old West was wild, no doubt. And life was cheap, no doubt. And wow. I, I, I guess maybe I just have a modern mentality about me where I'm like, hey, you see over there the unexplored country? And I'm like, you mean where everybody's dying? I'm good. I'll just, I'll just hang back. You guys let me know and it's all settled out and I'll come trotting after. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh absolutely worth a watch. Um I you know, I haven't watched that many uh, just I don't know, just going by my memory. I don't have a lot of roulettes this year where I'm like that was top 10, so there's a good chance that this will probably be in my top 10. Uh it is a drama film. There is little bit of gore in there, but you should definitely keep it in the queue. Um this is a good movie and I, I think it was 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, it just came out. And I heard nothing about it. I mean, this could have borderline been in the Oscar mix, I think. Nice. Uh, so, a rock-solid movie. Uh, Steven definitely should watch it. 
And I, you definitely give it a chance sometime maybe in the winter when you're just ready for a kind of a chill drama. Not chill drama, but a drama where it's like, you know, wintertime, you're yeah. down for the more depressing shit. Yep. And I think that you would enjoy it. Christian Bale gives a great performance. Rosamund Pike, great performance. There's a handful of other guys in there that you'll recognize that give good performances. I mean, some of the guys where it's like, oh, it's him. That's cool. He's dead. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, we just started. What? Wh- wow. Okay. Uh, that's what we're doing. So, uh, man. Yeah, they, they don't pull any punches. I, I even... I don't want to get you carried away here, but I, there were times in that movie where I thought about Bone Tomahawk. Just as far Ooh. as being bleak. It's not that yeah, gory. It's I just gotcha. mostly gunshots and stuff, but just a little bit. It's not even as bleak as Bone Tomahawk, but uh, it feels like, okay, this is a real Western. Life is cheap. Uh, anyway, there you go. Hostiles. Let's get on to the next round. Okay. Um, first up is a Netflix original called The Package. And the reason I put this on the roulette is because we made a little movie called The Package uh, a good 13 years ago. So, hey, this must be a remake. Uh, when a group of teenage friends go on a spring break camping trip, an unfortunate accident sets off a race against time to save their friend's most prized possession. And this is more than likely a raunchy comedy because it's TVMA and it's a comedy and so it's going to be one of those. But it's, uh, you know what, eh, why not? It's a Netflix original, so it might be something, but um, I'm not sure where you're at with uh, with your comedies right now. So, uh, anyway. I've taken a few on the roulette in the last couple yeah. months. Yeah. Um, okay, next up is uh, 2017's The Beyond. And this is not a remake of Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. Boo. Uh, but this is set in uh, 2019. The Beyond uh, chronicles the groundbreaking mission which set sent astronauts uh, modified with advanced robotics through a newly discovered wormhole known as the Void. And uh, um, when the mission returns unexpectedly, all sorts of shenanigans and space journey stuff. Uh, so there you go. That is a TV 14, so that was probably made for TV something. Um uh, hour and f- uh, about an hour and ten minutes, so not too bad uh, for a roulette. And last, but uh, maybe at least, I don't know, Prodigy from t- oh shit. I thought about Oof. throwing Prodigy your way. That's kind of going to be on the queue. Okay, yeah, I think this is the right one. Uh, hour and twenty minutes, drama, sci-fi, thriller. A psychologist engages. A dangerous young genius in a battle of wits, unaware of the supernatural power the girl possesses or that her life hangs in the balance. And this is probably one of those where there's very few actors and they use, hopefully they use the, uh, you know, their low budget well. That's probably one of those type of movies. There you go. All right. Coming your way. Uh, Locke, which has been on the roulette before. Uh, Tom Hardy, 90 minutes, I think. Driving around, making phone calls. Uh, son of a gun, a young petty thief who received protection from a notorious inmate in jail is forced to spring his defender from prison and help pull off a heist starring Ian McGregor. Hmm. So that one looked pretty good. And lastly, the lodgers twin siblings live under a curse in their ancestral home, but one of them is tempted to defy house rules, angering the spirits, keeping them hostage. And all of those I think look pretty damn good for at least have enough clout for being a roulette, that's pretty good, pretty darn good. Uh, what do you want, sir? Um, that's a pretty good spread, but uh, the Lodgers is probably the most interesting to me. It, I've I've wanted to see that ever since we had it at the theater. 
many months ago. I uh, like the gothic type look of it, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Lodgers it is. And for me, I've been going safe pick for quite a while, and deservedly so, you didn't give me one. So I will take the Beyond, because I've, <laughs> I've, I've taken enough safe picks that I'm ready for another roulette sci-fi thing, so let's give that a watch. Okay. So there Excellent. you go. Next week, it will be the Beyond up against the Lodgers. I can't imagine that, I, at the very least, all of your picks were going to be better than Corbin uh, Sneaky Farthead. Guaranteed. <laughs> I don't know why you think you can guarantee... Did you watch the trailers for these movies? Uh, the uh, the middle one, no, but uh, Locke and Lodgers, yes. Mm. Not mine. I meant your picks that you threw me. Oh, oh, yours? Uh, let's see here. What did I give you? The Package, uh, The Beyond, um... Prodigy. Nope, that's a nope. No? (laughs) But the descriptions were good and the little pictures on Netflix were good? Oh, that always (laughs) means it's fine then. Just go ahead and watch it. (laughs) Uh, I I watched them. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Because we do only homework when it services ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you ready to move on? I'm ready. Uh, let's go to the rabbit trail, and you're up first. What you got? Uh, okay, so thoughts on... I have two things here. One is, uh, what are your thoughts on Big Trouble in Little China remake starring Dwayne Johnson that is actually a sequel? First of all, that's one of those projects where I will believe it when it starts rolling camera. You know what okay. I mean? It yeah. just I've been hearing about it for so long. I'll believe it, not when I see it, just when it's actually in real production. Uh, as far as it not being a remake and being a sequel, thank you. Good. Just, yeah. uh, just go do that. That's fine because we can always ignore shitty sequels. Uh, it's harder to ignore a shitty remake somehow. I don't know. I guess I can ignore that just as easily because we sure as shit ignore the fog remake. Uh, but yes, we do. (laughs) I think that that could have potential. Why not? You know, I, do you remember back when they were talking about, uh, escape from, New York remake with uh, Gerard Butler. I still hear whispers about that remake happening. Oh, it's going again. Uh, how about The Crow? They've been trying to remake that yeah. for, what, 20 years? Didn't Jason Momoa, wasn't he supposed to be... That was the last iteration that fell through. Yeah, man. But Escape from New York has such a... I mean, that's such a great storyline. I can't believe that it's taken that long to get... I, I would be all for a remake, reboot, sequel, prequel, whatever you want to do with uh, that. And Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, Big, Big Trouble in Little China, I think Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson is a great choice for the Kurt Russell character because he's, you know, he's muscular dude and he really can be funny. And that is what makes that movie so good. A part of what makes that movie so good is Kurt Russell is quite funny in that, and Dwayne Johnson is really good at that. So I think that's a pretty good casting choice. I mean, maybe it depends. Is he going to be playing the uh, same uh, Rich uh, Burton character? I mean, I know, would imagine, but I, I guess I'm just assuming that. I mean, yeah, because that character. I mean, I love that character, but he was essentially worthless to the movie, other than one knife throw at the end. I mean, he wasn't in any of the battles. I mean, he got knocked out at the start of every battle, and then would wake up and. It was that was what made it so funny. Which that would actually that would probably be cool if they would do that with with The Rock because it's like he's you know he's known for whipping ass and then he doesn't. Well, that would be funny, but then you're making then it's a remake. If, yeah, if it's weird that the oh well that there'd be two characters. I don't know what would you do if it was up to you. 
I would probably go the, I don't know, man. I would be okay with a remake. I don't give a shit. Or, you know, oh boy. I would kind of like if, if uh, The Rock would actually whip ass. And then when we get to the third act, when they really need the final push to get in the door to beat the big bad, here comes Kurt Russell as his character hmm, to help nah. them out. And he gets them like through the door and is ready to do battle, gets knocked out. <laughs> Ah, there, there you go. I like that. That could work. A little bit of a callback. <laughs> Hollywood, we're we're available. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our ideas are are free. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, I I do think that I think that John Carpenter's movies are so ripe for sequelization or remake, whatever. I guess. Like even I would love to see another version of uh, uh, Prince of Darkness. I love that storyline. Or even in the same universe as that, I would. It's just so dark and bleak. I mean, they tried it with the thing because it's like there, there's that, the Doom trilogy or whatever you want to call it with John Carpenter's movies, where he had that, like, there's Doom type stuff going on with uh, the thing, uh, Prince of Darkness, and in the Mouth of Madness, where it's all yes. like end of world type of stuff. I would love to have something in. I don't know. Me combined. too. It's something in that vein, and instead we got yeah. Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I own and think it's kind of okay. Yeah, but it's still nowhere near his other stuff. There's such a big drop-off with Carpenter. Was it after yeah. In the Mouth of Madness? Where was the changeover? Uh, I thought that this, the dip started with uh, Village of the Damned or Children of the... Whatever it was. Village of the Damned. Yeah. With Christopher Reeve. That was... It was okay, but it was... Boop, step down. And then from there... I mean, Vampires was good. But the last really great John Carpenter movie I thought was In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, back to you. Uh, okay. Todd Phillips' Joker origin movie, which is baffling to me because there's a character that does not need an origin. That's one of the most interesting things about him is that he doesn't really have an origin. Somebody's coming in my house. I don't know what's going on. Just hang on a sec. Nobody right. should be coming in my house right now. Hang on. Welcome, folks, to Movie Freaks. That's the way this goes. Meanwhile, I've been watching the neighbors uh, almost run over the kid's bike that was in the cul-de-sac and uh, much usage of the outhouse right outside our house, which is nice. We, I, I love looking out my window in my office and just there's a shitter right outside my my office. It's just wonderful. I can see workers going in and out, especially the ones that, that are in there long. I'm like, ah, oh, good. That's, I know what you're doing in there, but it's lovely. What? Anyway. Oh. Nah, just nothing. <laughs> oh, great. <sighs> oh, well, I'm sure it's something funny that future recording Eric will laugh at. <laughs> uh, false alarm. Okay. Todd Phillips' Joker origin movie, which is a baffling project to me, like I said, because uh, I don't think that... that best thing about the Joker is that he doesn't have a true origin. Like he said, if he's going to have one, he'd rather it be multiple choice, and that's why we never ever find out, in the comics or otherwise. Uh, the cast for this movie is growing, so that at one point this was Martin Scorsese produced. Uh, I don't know if his name is still attached to it. Uh, anyway, so far the cast is... Uh, I can't read my writing here. Is Isaac Beats. She was Domino in Deadpool 2. Mm. Uh, Robert De Niro... Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker, Mark Maron's in it, and they just cast Alec Baldwin as Thomas Wayne. I mean, that is one hell of a cast for a yeah. superhero movie. I know Avengers is 
fully loaded, but it was those characters that made them superstars, in my opinion, or brought them back from what, you know, uh, being blacklisted Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I don't know. Thoughts on that? What do you, where's your anticipation for this? Are you interested at all? I mean, they're making a couple different Joker movies right now, and this is, I don't know, this one's just an other world story, I guess, or an, it's not supposed to be in continuity or something. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But I, 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 I'm Phoenix, interested. I, I'm sure it's going to be PG-13, right? We're we're still firmly in PG-13 no, realm. I don't think oh, so. This is going to be R. I, it might be. This is a side story. It's supposed to not be in with the everything else. No, you then my I mean? interest my interest level just went up about two notches. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I I've I've kind of cooled on the superhero movies. I, it's just it's there's just a glut of them, and at this point. Granted, I think Aquaman looks great, and I'll probably see that in the theater. But at this point, like even Avengers, I didn't catch that in the theater. I'll, they're all so, they're all so damn long. And uh, uh, but I, it, the cast is great, and I, I have always liked Batman slash Joker, all of that stuff. So I've loved that stuff too. But I, even with this project, I was like, why, why, and, and not just because of the plot, just. Uh, this is weird. Why? What are we doing? And as the cast grows, I'm like, these are huge names. They got to be reading the script, going okay. I don't know. I, I'm I'm getting yeah. very very intrigued by this mysterious project, and I'm sure it'll probably be dashed when I see a trailer or something. But who yeah. knows? Maybe we'll get a good, really really dark kind of comedy thing or something. I don't know. What do, what do you the hell do you do with a movie where the Joker is the main character? Yeah, so is he going to be an anti-hero, or he's going to be the he's the Joker? He, he's he's the bad always guy. a villain. There's no yeah. There's no story where he's kind of okay. I don't know. I, that's very weird. Anyway, Todd Phillips didn't he do all the Hangover movies? Yeah, I, he's a good director. Actually, he did the one movie that you really liked. I haven't seen it yet. The uh, was it? Oh, what was it called? Uh, the gun? No, oh, the gun traffic, or I don't know. The, oh, what was it called? Shit. Um, I got IMDb right here. Just hang on one second. Oh, if my computer works. Hello? No? Gun running movie. Gun running movie. Yeah, the guy that was in the drummer, uh, the guy that was in the drumming movies in it. Oh, I think. wait, that's coming back. Hold on a sec. What was that? War Dogs or... Yeah, I think. War Dogs, you're right. Good job. That was a good really, movie. You haven't yeah, watched you really that one Yeah, you really that one. Uh-uh. Do I have that one on Blu-ray? I thought I had that on Blu-ray. Well, if you do, I'll, uh... I don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bummer. That was a good movie, yeah. Huh. But that would definitely lean more comedy. Th- I don't know. It wasn't that dark. Ah, well. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. I, I still... This is one of those projects that has so many big names that I'm still leaning towards... Oh, I'm going to read a news story about creative differences any day now, and it's just mm. going to all fold. Yeah. Tom Phillips has left the movie over creative differences, and then the actors drop like flies. Or or even vice versa. De Niro has left, and then Joaquin Phoenix is... Uh, and, and then, yeah. We will see. Okay, you said you brought something else? Uh, yeah, one more. I was wondering what your thoughts were on the surprise success of Meg, and the fact that... Uh, as you had shared with me a while ago, it, it was actually intended originally to be an R-rated, gory movie, and it was cut down to PG-13, which immediately I lost most interest in. Uh, but now it's 
now they're talking multiple sequels and all that stuff. And so, uh, obviously, it was a good choice to cut it down to PG-13. But uh, what are your, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Movie? I disagree. I, I'm surprised. I, I think it was a horrible choice. It was a good financial choice. But yeah, that a good just, financial choice. That just means that uh, the Hollywood machine says, oh, you know what? We're right. And we should cut things down to PG-13. And then they're going to make money. So you're going to see more of this. That's a bad thing, in my opinion. Whereas, you never know, a gory R-rated version, I mean, unless it's as cheesy as uh, Piranha, where then it's not even a serious movie. You know yeah. what I mean? So that thing is not going to make a ton of bank. But if this thing really is a, would have been a scary movie, maybe it would have actually made a lot of bank. More people would have, you know gone to it or at least snuck into it or I I guess that doesn't bring financial rewards but if that's the end uh, metric for what is a successful model then that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good movie that's mm-hmm. great for all the PG-13 crowd they're going to get a bunch more CGI giant shark movies uh-huh. yep. with no blood in them but uh, for you and me yeah. we can just sit back and wait for it to hit on crackle or some shit yep because I won't be watching that until it's on yeah, want something streaming that I can watch, and it'll probably be on the roulette. Yes, it will. You, you <laughs> can be looking for that probably in February or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I already, I mean, I'm not trying to judge the movie already, but I just, I have this feeling. Just, it's, it'll be okay. Yeah, but when uh, the director himself was dogging it the way he was, those were direct quotes, and to me, that read like trashing it. Yeah. And, yeah, I, 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 we probably won't ever see an uncut version because a lot of the special effects weren't finished. Because he didn't, yeah, he didn't film them. On the other hand, if it made a ton of money, maybe they'll give him the money to finish that and then release an R-rated version, in which case, I'm back in. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm totally game for that. If you want to release a PG-13 version and see if there's enough interest and get, you know, a bunch of money that way, that's fine, as long as eventually you release the R-rated or uncut version, then I will be a happy camper because I will just sit and wait for it. So, you know, you're going to lose some of us old farts, but yep. they, they don't care. That's, that is premium material for your middle-aged, uh, couples and that don't want to be offended by gore and your teenagers who can get into any PG-13 movie that they want to get into. Mm-hmm. And it's bringing the bank. I mean, I'm impressed. Jason Statham, it's, I, I was expecting this movie to be a relative bomb, like, uh, it might end up making at you know final box office gross of maybe twenty five thirty million dollars, but what we're are we over a hundred million yet? If not, we're close. I was I was thinking it would probably. Uh, I'm not looking at the box office here. Hold on. I was thinking like oh it'll have an opening week of fifty and then it'll go twenty five and then ten and then it'll just be gone. You know. That's pretty damn good. 50 million? That's way more than I thought. I thought like 10, then 5, then 3, then it tapers off. I mean, that's off full-on bomb there. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was expecting. And when I heard PG-13, I'm like, man. And eventually, I, I, eventually, uh, I had heard way back when that Eli Roth was supposed to direct that thing. He uh, was, at one point, attached. Yeah. And now he's making his own family-friendly type movie, or which looks great, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, the budget on this was 130 million. I mean, this is your 2012 crowd, the the disaster movie 2012. Yeah, that's this crowd. So I thought it would do pretty good. I mean, production budget 130 million domestically, it's made 106. Whew. And I'm guessing it's doing well overseas. That's a that's a hit. Worldwide, not yet, not domestically. Worldwide, it's at 412. 
So it's a bigger hit foreign than it is domestic. That's 75% of its gross is from foreign. So it's a May. big hit somewhere. <laughs> I have no interest. Eh. It's a big hit in China. It's made $144 million in China. Damn. Yeah. Well, well. Anyway. That's a, a big market. I yeah. need to try and get a hold of. That's all I've got. It's all good. I, do I do I even go dollar theater? Then I think of, I I kind of actually feel bad for what's his name John Turtle Turtle Tob or whatever, because we've I've trashed him fairly mercilessly I think on this show, for National Treasure. Oh yeah, but reading those comments, I felt kind of bad. Is like is he just one of those guys that doesn't have any pull and he tries to make something risque and then no, I'm looking at he's made run no. Ugh. I'm looking at his credits here. Um, think big, driving me crazy. Three ninjas. I mean, he made three ninjas, dude. Cool runnings. That's... <laughs> uh, which I've never seen. I have. Phenomenon with John Travolta. Nope. Instinct. Instinct. The kid. It was Instinct that, uh, I think that was, um, yeah, Anthony Hopkins, Cuba Gooding Jr., Nah, kind no. of a kind of a lawyer movie. Yeah, no thanks. I never saw it either. Um, National Treasure, though we watched both of those under duress. Uh, yeah, the National Treasure, the kid. Yeah, ugh, National Treasure, National Treasure Two, Sorcerer's Apprentice is the only movie he's there made that we both like. Yep, I liked that movie. Yeah, yeah, just okay. No thanks. I mean, I'm looking at his picture on IMDb. He looks like a John Turtle tub. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine. Eh, it's not worth me even going over there to... Nah. Nah. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for Sorcerer's Apprentice, dude. Appreciate that one. I, I like that movie. Okay. Are you ready to move on to Recently Watched? I am ready, yes. Good, because we got boatloads of time as we yep. hustled through everything. You're yeah, up first. I went after okay, good. After after that awful roulette, and just I didn't have much to bring to the table. I'm like, ah, I've got a bunch of interesting, uh, interesting recently watched. So hang on to your butts. <laughs> Here we go. Yep. Let's just go ahead and get that one started. Uh, Jurassic Park. Okay. So I got the uh, recently released 4K UHD box set. And, uh, the, the reviews were middling as far as the transfers were concerned, but I'm happy to report that the transfers themselves are great. Uh, the first one looks definitely, definitely better than the Blu-ray did. And the first one is still to this day, one of, I think one of the best action adventures ever. I watching that again, the initial T-Rex attack, that is one of my favorite suspense action scenes of all time. Every single time I watch that, it is Spielberg firing on all cylinders. Everything about that scene works perfect. The build-up, the suspense, the special effects, everything is so good. Uh, and even though the movie is dated with, you know, with the computers that they're using and some of the technology, the CGI, I gotta say, it still is really damn good, especially because interspliced with the CGI, they do have real animatronics in there that 
Some of the up-close shots of the uh, brontosauruses are a bit dodgy, the, the actual, yeah, you know, the real-life things. But the CGI, man, that still is really, really good. The raptor attack in the end kicks ass. It is a great movie. And granted, I read the book. It's not like the book. But as a Steven Spielberg summer temple movie, it is, it is f- phenomenal. Phenomenal movie. Um, I, I will never forget where I was when I watched that first T-Rex attack because I had not seen, I was on vacation on a long extended vacation, camping vacation with my family. And I had not been around a TV and there was no internet for us back then. Mm-hmm. I had no trailer. I had nothing. Just my parents said, let's watch this movie. It's about dinosaurs. And I was like, okay, I kind of have nightmares about dinosaurs anyway, but okay, whatever. I'm sure it'll be like, Baby Secret Baby. of the Lost, yep. which is That's the only exactly I, what I thought too. I loved that movie, and as a kid, and so it was like, oh, okay, it'll be like that and dinosaurs. And then we went in, and of course, you get a little bit of Brontosaurus up at the beginning, and you're like, oh, that's cool, and right there. And then the storm comes, and the lights go out, and I was living it like those children were. I was in the car, and I said their lines before them because I was so terrified. I literally was breathing hard, and I, I said, "Where's the goat?" And she went, where's the goat? And <laughs> and then the thing hit the roof, and I about shit my pants. And the, the whole thing still completely works in spades. That scene is amazing. And Jeff Goldblum, uh, in his uh, in his side role, is really, really good. He's funny in it. Uh, it's just, the act, everything about that movie is great. I love Sam, uh, Sam Neill's initial explanation uh, to that kid that was like, what's so scary about the uh, Velociraptor? And then he explains it, and I'm like, oh, that's so damn good. It's just a great movie. Um, I actually gave this movie five out of five stars. It still holds up and is one of uh, one of a, a defining moment in my life as a movie lover. Is like, I had, uh, much like you, I had never seen trailers for the movie even. I just, it's a dinosaur movie, and, origin- and it, back then I'm like, oh, well, so Baby. It's going to be like Baby. I Whatever, I'm okay. And then I finally got around to seeing it because everybody was seeing it. And I'm like, holy shit. This is, I've never seen anything like this. And I actually left the theater depressed. I remember being a kid and being sad when I walked out of the movie theater because I was like, they'll never top this. Hollywood is over. They will never, ever top this. This is it. It's all downhill from here. And I was (laughs) completely wrong, but... uh, (laughs) Still, that that's how big of an effect it had on me. So, I will uh, save my review for the next mm. one on my next round. No, no, go ahead. We got tons of time. We're we're way early, so I uh, know. I'll I'll review something else. I'm a little breather in between Jurassic Park <laughs> one and two. I'll get into part two. My next round. Okay. <laughs> okay, I can't uh, wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so next up is a movie called Marrowbone. Uh, spell, that, you... spell that, please. M-A-R-R-O-W-B-O-N-E. Oh, okay. And this one here, I actually I picked it up on Blu-ray uh, for... It, I, I had traded in a bunch of movies at the uh, local exchange, and I found this one here. It just came out, and it was a really good good price for a brand new movie, which is risky, but I it has the uh, girl... What's her name? Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. She's the uh, the blonde girl from The Witch. 
Oh yes, I really she like is her. A, yeah, she's a great actress, and I'm like, well, you know what? If she's in it right now, she is. She's good. She hasn't started in Junk. Actually, she was in Split too. She was the girl in Split. Right. Um. So, pick this one up. Happy to report, this is a thumbs up. This is a drama horror thrillery type movie. Um, very Shyamalan esque, if you ask me, but with um a bit of. I don't want to say hammer, but, but kind of a gothic feel. So, you know, it's set back in, back in the sixties, I think, something like that, fifties or sixties. Uh, so the setting is good. Acting is really good. It is a bit too long at an hour and 50 minutes. It's long, but it's one of those leisurely paced. It slowly unfolds. Um, and it, man, it works. It's a good movie. The twist is, and there's a twist. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a twist and it's, it's good enough to where I'm like, I'm actually looking forward to rewatching that now that I know how everything unfolds here to see all the little clues. Cause it, you know, after it was done, I'm like, Oh shit, that's right. Okay. I kind of remember this and this and this, but I'll, that's where the whole Shyamalan effect comes into play is like, okay, now I'm going to rewatch that because I know that I missed a ton of stuff in there that sets up for what the last 10, 15 minutes is, but it's a good movie. I would, I would say that it's probably one that if you're interested, I would put that on the October pile for you to watch. But, <clears throat> but it is a bit long and it's not, I mean, every now and then there's maybe a little jump scare or something like that, but it's more of a slow sense of dread type of thing. Not to the, not to the uh, uh, extent of like something like Black Coat's Daughter or The Witch, but it's a good movie. I was, I'm happy to own it. Cool. I'm reading the premise here. That sounds pretty good. I like it that. is. It's 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 cool, and I, I just I like that you're not spoon fed everything, but everything makes sense in the end. I'm like, ah, okay, I see where that was going. And again, the acting was really good. She's really good. I really like uh, her. She just has this. I, I'm expecting her to play an alien sometime. For some reason, her face <laughs> looks alien-ish, but I don't mean that in a bad no, way. I, because I she's... know exactly what you're talking about. It's because she has almost anime eyes. Yes, she does. Yeah. It's the anime eyes. So, so yeah, anyway. she has a face that is uh, great for camera. Because you can't yes. take your eyes off her. Like, yeah. Uh, well, did she play a mutant or something in that one movie? She was in Morgan as well, which I haven't That's seen the one. you watched. Yes, yeah. you have. Did I? I let, I let you borrow that. I have it on Blu-ray. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I let you borrow that movie. Didn't I? Maybe. But boy, <laughs> I sure as hell don't remember that. Let's see here. I'm pretty sure... <laughs> um, I picked that up on the blind buy, and I, I didn't oversell woman, it to you or anything. This woman, you can't take your eyes off of, huh? Hold on, hold on. Hi, Eugene. Hi. <laughs> he said hi. I know a girl that looks like her. Who? I don't know, but you oh. can't take your eyes off of her. No, no, the camera, you. not me. I'm the not camera can't. Where was I? You derailed me, Morgan. It is your fault. I don't think I've seen it. I really don't think I've seen that movie. I swear I let you borrow it. No? Ah, uh, I don't... I don't... Uh, she's trapped in this facility, and they grew her in a lab or something, and she's running around killing everybody, and... Nope, I have not seen that movie. I'll borrow it, though. I I swear if you do... Ah, uh, okay, well... Uh, l- hold on, here, here will be the test. Does it qualify as horror... Action horror sci-fi. I get to mm. let you borrow something in October. Okay. Woo. Nice. 
like I just ran up the rocky steps. I get to let <laughs> Eugene borrow a horror. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. Derail. Back to you. Marrowbone. So what do you what do you give that one score? Uh, I think my initial viewing, I gave it, was it three, three and a half? I'm interested in it, but I think I'll hold off on October because it's long and I've got it. I'm, I'm going for a record this year. Okay. At least as far as you and I are concerned. Did gotcha. I ever tell you that a buddy of mine, uh, his friend who is on disability did a horror-thon one October? Uh, he's on disability. Okay. Yeah, his final score was like 200 or something. So it was just one month of nonstop horror movie it, it was like five or six a day. And it was like, okay, well, nobody will ever reach that that pinnacle. You wow, know, but that is impressive. Yeah. For us, if we can get two a day, that would set a record. Oh, even show. two, yeah. one a day at this point for me is is not easy yeah. anymore. Anyway, well, I've got plans for this year. but So a two-hour movie, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What the hell do I want to do? Well, you're talking about giant dinosaurs, so I might as well, too. Uh, Godzilla, Godzilla 2, City on the Edge of Battle. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can find this here real quick. This is the animated Godzilla trilogy that there have been... Remember I reviewed part one? Mm-hmm. There it is. Beautiful. Well, they released part two way sooner than I thought they would. Humanity's desperate battle to reclaim the Earth from Godzilla continues. The key to defeating the King of the Monsters may be Mechagodzilla, a robotic weapon thought to have been lost nearly 20,000 years ago. Again, a shit synopsis from IMDb. So, yeah, they, a whole of planet Earth abandoned Earth in part one and came back, went through a wormhole, were gone for a little bit, and came back. And in the time, uh, the span of doing that, 20,000 years had passed on Earth. So, Earth had been taken over by Godzilla, and the only creatures there were there to serve or feed Godzilla, in a manner of speaking. You know what I mean? Like, the way mm-hmm. the ecosystem worked, it was just so he could thrive. Just naturally went that way, evolution. Uh, in part two... So part one, they attack like crazy and get their asses kicked. Part two picks up right where part one left off, because this is a uh, trilogy that is like Star Wars. It's one story over three movies. And it picks up right where they left off, and it turns out there are some humans left on Earth that have remained and been able to survive somehow. And we get into, not mystical stuff, but almost... uh, how do I explain it? These tribes people have learned to use some of the minerals of the new Godzilla Earth to f- actually form weapons that will hurt him. Mm-hmm. And then they are also tracking this other signal, and they go track down whatever the hell the signal is, and they find a futuristic city with no people in it. And they're like, literally the same reaction as the audience, what the fuck is this? Uh... And it turns out that Mechagodzilla, which they had built 20,000 years ago before they left, that got destroyed, is part of that, like, Tony Stark, um, oh, you haven't seen Infinity War yet, but he has this liquid metal kind of idea suit where you have the little tiny robots that just form over you and make your suit. That's how he is in Infinity War. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's kind of what Mechagodzilla was, was these tiny little robots, and they just kept building and building and building, and so over the course of the entire time that the humans have been gone, it built an entire city to fight Godzilla. And so, the only thing it's lacking is humans to come down and push the button and say go. So, they get in there and say go, and another massive battle ensues. It was, 
I liked this one a fair amount more than the first one. I'm still into this series. Again, it's not the greatest thing in the world, and I'm not recommending it to you. I don't think you'd enjoy it. But for me, Godzilla guy who has to watch and own everything Godzilla, uh, I enjoyed this episode and the twists that it, and turns that it took I thought were really interesting. And I can't wait to see how this third movie is going to go because the way it is right now, Godzilla is completely immortal and unbeatable. There is literally nothing that you can do. It, it's a joke to even try and fight him. But it's interesting as hell to watch. So yep, we will. It sounds s- like something I wouldn't mind watching. Not you know. There's a lot of talky parts in it. To tell you the truth, I mean it's it, hour. They're 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 just a little long winded for these anime movies. I mean hour forty. This could have been hour twenty. But it's got it's 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 on in the background while I'm working, and it's like blah 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 blah. blah. Oh, it's a talky bit, and then all of a sudden sh- all hell breaks loose, and I'm like, okay, now I'm paying attention for the next half hour, and then oh, we're back to talking. Okay, that's cool. Uh, work, work, work. <laughs> so you could do far worse than Godzilla 2 City on the Edge of Battle, but uh, only for fans is what I'll say right now. Uh, do I have any other dinosaur-related material? <laughs> I do not, so let's go with some VHS! Uh, when was the last time that you watched Excalibur? Excalibur uh, was on DVD, and it was... Oh, Lord. I mean, we're talking 15 years ago at least. It's been so long. I mean, that was one of the... That's an old DVD. Like, Were you a fan of the movie, though? I was. I remember... That was John Borman, I believe, right? Uh, I think you're right, but I'll look it up here real quick. But I remember liking it. Um, was there kind of a synthy score going on in there? Yes, there was. Uh-huh. Two hours and 20 minutes, John Borman. You're right. How is it? Does it hold up? <clears throat> well, I the last time I saw this was when I rented it from your video store okay. that, on VHS. And uh, I, admittedly, I was in the rookie stages of becoming a movie freak, so I didn't really like it. I also was not super in love with early 80s at that time, so I couldn't appreciate it. But, you know, cinema changed, and you begin to appreciate the stuff that you grew up with a little bit more. So when I, 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 it was on my want list for VHS because other friends of mine have been talking about it and how great it was. And I was like, you know what? I got to give that thing a rewatch. I remember almost nothing of it. Came across it, dirt cheap and jumped on it. And I quite enjoyed it this time around. Even at two hours and 20 minutes, it's, it may be a little long, but it, I was never bored. It covers all of the basics of the, uh, the legends of the King Arthur that I, as I know it and the, a couple of different origins that were crammed into one, which I thought was great. Helen Mirren is drop-dead gorgeous in this movie. I can believe that. Wow. Uh, you know, it's just a fun-as-shit fantasy, early 80s fantasy kind of epic. And this is 1981, so PG was still... Mm, pushing pe- the boundaries. Pushing it, yeah. I mean, it's got some blood in, in it. I don't know. I'm not saying it's Conan the Barbarian, but... It's a nice family PG-13 version of that kind of stuff. Okay. You could do far worse, but I really quite enjoyed it, and I look forward to watching it again, because it's one that I should have been watching over and over and over when I was younger, but I just slipped my radar. It was just never there. And, oh, man. I should know this movie inside and out, but now I get to enjoy the journey of learning it inside and out, because I liked it. Okay, back to you. 
Okay, Jurassic Park Part 2, The Lost World. Because I have to watch them all now, you see. Um, I actually am reviewing the, I watched Part 3, I went, I went Part 1, then Part 3, because I was limited on time. I'm like, yeah, Part 3 is only 90 minutes, so I, I'll watch that. So I watched that one before I watched Part 2. Um, so this five-hour masterpiece, um... <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> so, I, again, I haven't watched this movie in a long time, uh, and I'm like, ah, I kind of remember liking it, but I, like, the last time I watched it, I kind of th- thought to myself, that's not holding up as well. Let me tell you what. That movie, Borderline, sucks dog shit. Like, I, I was so... I. I actually am not quite done with the movie yet. It's taken me four days. Four days to get through this movie. It's 15 minutes and I'm like, I, I, it's gotta be an hour. Like, I have to have just sat through an hour of this. Nope! 15 minutes of Julianne Moore talking over everybody else about her sciencey bullshit and Jeff Goldblum and they all, they all talk over each other and it works. It worked in the first Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Like when there's two conversations going on at the same time. Yeah. And Spielberg does this, and when he does it well, it works really good as a, oh, this is very cinematic. Here, it's just obnoxious. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Let the other person speak for five seconds, and she's rattling off. The predators mostly stay toward the inner side while the herbivores are over here. Oh, and they got the hippie guy explaining the T-Rex doesn't go, science shit. I don't care. Oh, just get the T-Rexes eating people. And I love how, I love how all the people that just got there are, are, they're, they're dino-splaining to Jeff Goldblum. And it's like, he's been through this shit before. Yeah. I felt bad for him in this movie because I really like Jeff Goldblum, but they made him kind of like the main star, and he's just he's he was great in the first one as that side character, and here he's got that daughter that I loathe. Oh, gymnastics and kicking raptors in the air, and she, you kind of told me I should come along, sneak along when you said don't don't do anything. I would do, whatever. It it's not good. The CGI does not hold up much. I mean, the CGI is not near as good. I don't think. Uh, as the first one is. There are uh, movies that come out today where the CGI is not nearly as good as that was. I know. Part one. But there's a couple good scenes in it that make it still... I don't know. I, I Dear God, I can't imagine I'm going to watch this again. I will, I'm sure. But the uh, over-the-cliff thing, that was good. But even then, there's like a part where uh, like they're, they're near death and they they all start rattling off lines about what were you doing? Making yourself a sandwich? Or I'll get me a cheeseburger and Julianne Moore and I'll take a milkshake or something. It's not funny. It's, it, that shit's not funny. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, and then, and then the waterfall scene's okay. That when T-Rex is chasing him and then the waterfall and hippie guy gets a snake down his back and he gets eaten in blood. <sighs> okay. Um, that guy's a real uh, paleontologist, by the way. Yeah, and he wasn't. Ba- I, I'm, no, I he mean, in real bad. life, he he was their guy, so okay. that's why he's in the movie. Yeah. So, uh, but oh dear God, I and I haven't reviewed part three yet, but this one here, like, I, I this is another one of those when it came out, I'm like, that was awesome, right? That was good, much like the, the Star Wars prequels. I'm like, yeah, kicked ass, and so much like this, it was like, yeah. I don't like this movie. <laughs> when it came out, I was like, I really liked everything until they went to San Diego. 
and then it it looked really cheesy, and then the, even you know in the third act and it's the climax, and you got the Godzilla jokes, and I was like, eh. And would T Rex really be just a nonstop murder machine? Like, wouldn't he just stop catch somebody and then stop and eat them like an animal would? But instead, it's like, no, I want to bite you, and I want to bite you, and I want to like it was just on a rampage of yeah. murder. It just felt like like. Steven Spielberg, quote unquote, directed it, but actually Mick G was actually the ghost director of that movie or something. <laughs> I, it just, it, like this, it, or, or it's Spielberg, like, dialed up to, like, schmaltzy 12 dial. Like, it's just, and it's not even really schmaltzy, but, but it's just, the people talking over each other and just, everything is, like, it's too much. It's just, like he's surrounded by too many yes men going, yeah, you should do the Lost World. Kingdom of the Lost Crystal Skull. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and nope. So anyway, there's that. Uh, I gave it one and a half stars. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Um, and then here's a little side, side review. I saw, I heard about, the, I heard about this movie called Ensuring Your Place in Hell. I'm like, whoa, what's this? Ensuring Your Place in Hell. So I did a search. I'm like, okay, so it's four different thingies or whatever that are mushed onto this DVD and it's all weird stuff. I, maybe the dark web stuff. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. So one is called, one of the segments, the segment that I, well, I watched two of the segments. Uh, one is called uh, Grave Robbing for Morons. And it's about this, it's about this guy that, and it's like him and like, this is like old video footage. It looks like it's shot on VHS. It has to be shot on VHS. But it, I believe that they break into this uh, mortuary or morgue or whatever, and and they like they're playing with this human skull and explaining about this human skull, and it's just bizarre, weird, nothing. And the guy is trying to explain, like, yeah, this is this is what happened here, and I'm like, I, I think you guys just broke into some place, and you're like, oh, you think it's real? Yeah, it's real. Yes, it's not a it's, movie. No, it's not a movie. It's just this really dorky, weird kid. Evidence. Uh, holding it, a... it sounds like evidence to me. Yes, it does. Exactly. Hmm. Um, it was... Uh, I skimmed through it. I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm like, okay, th- hopefully this one here... Hopefully this one here is better. Exploding varmints. <laughs> um, I just uh, so... shot whiskey out my nose. <laughs> <laughs> how t- it's a how-to instructional educational video where it's just... Couple of hillbillies on four wheelers. They just they talk. They talk, uh, they just go around and just uh, annihilate uh, uh, small small animals, uh, prairie dogs and groundhogs and squirrels with these like really high caliber rifles. Um, and I mean, like it's like this is a legit how to video that was shot. I'm guessing early '90s or whatever. But like shirts off. And, I mean, we're talking, like, huge, like, high-powered artillery here. And, I mean, we see prairie dogs just skyrocket to the heavens. Like, <laughs> boom! I mean, it sounds like Observe and Report Part 2. Oh, it's, it is insanity. Um, and every now and then this, the, uh, the trainer guy, whatever, comes on camera and says, um, so now, like, just so you know, you know, for all you, you know, for all you Nate, you know, Nature lovers out there, this is a circle of life that we're doing here. And, you know, everything we do, it goes back to the earth. And then they cut to these birds, like, 
kind of walking around the room like you you exploded these creatures like it's you vaporized them into another dimension and now you just cut with these birds looking for worms i guess or something in the <laughs> and at one point this these guys these shirtless dudes are like you know the folks now now you see a meeting right and you just see this prairie dog just eating boom <laughs> now you, now you don't <laughs> and I just uh, obliterate you just see this poof of Animal, just um, it's funny, you see. Uh, so yeah, I watched all of that. Um, yep, uh, exploding varmints. Uh, I guess ensuring your place in hell. Um, okay, and then there was another one where it's this avant-garde or whatever. This guy pokes a, or he's confronting his wife about poking holes in the condom, of trying to get her eye. Ah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Um, that was too much. That one. Yeah, eh, I'm like, yeah. you know what? The varmints thing was. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they go like some of these, some of these animals. I mean, it's awful, but they just they like just boom, shoot up straight into the heavens. I'm like, well, you know, one way ticket to the pearly gates, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, so Jurassic Park two and exploding varmints. Uh, we will be getting Jurassic Park three in the next round, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, boy. Born on the 4th of July. As I continue going through uh, Tom Cruise movies, I'm picking them up on VHS because I'm listening to a podcast where they go through and break down all of Tom Cruise's filmography. And I haven't seen this one again since I probably rented it from you in the way back VHS days. So I had virtually no memory of it. And... I gotta say, as far as Vietnam movies, I gotta agree with the podcast, The Cruise Cruise. This... Oh, no, wait. Was it them? I'm not sure if it was them. It was another podcast I listened to. (laughs) I gotta agree with them that this is a better Vietnam movie than as far as... uh, Platoon? It's better than Platoon as far as... Who the fuck is the director of these fucking movies? (sighs) Oliver Stone. As far as oh. Oliver Stone Vietnam movies go, Born on the Fourth of July is better than Platoon. I agree with that 110%. Uh, this movie works very well. It shows more facets of the war and the consequences of it. And it also has to do with us watching that Vietnam documentary, too. I, I'm still, mm-hmm. you know, that's a 17 and a half hour documentary, so it's going to take some time to get through it. You can't just sit and watch it all at once. And I watched this movie around episode two or so. Uh, oh, man. I feel like I'm just diving on all this input about this movie, uh, uh, about this war. And this movie really covered more aspects of it than... I mean, Platoon is just the one aspect of the war. Whereas this one is anticipation of going, going, coming back, consequences of your actions, having your ideals completely changed because of your experience. There is a complete character arc in here with Cruz and it's, it's gut wrenching and heartbreaking. And I feel very honest. Again, I look at these movies differently since finding out that stone is a veteran of this war and that he signed up to go. It really changes my perspective on his, on, on it completely. And maybe that's just, uh, me getting older and, uh, having a, more open mind to these kinds of things, but you know, you got to 
take a person's perspective a little differently when they were involved in something that you directly were not. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. When was the last time you watched this movie? Um, VHS. I don't remember virtually nothing about it. I'm sure, I'm, I'm guessing that I liked it, but I don't remember, man, I don't remember it. I mean, it's a solid stone movie. It, it really is. And for somebody who's about to go on another Vietnam movie binge, you, uh, yeah. you, you pick it up. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it pretty cheap. It's worth, uh, giving another watch to. Okay. That was good and depressing as the yeah. movie is. And I, ah, here we go. Gung ho. <laughs> Gung Ho. Oh, wow. That's a, there's a throwback. <laughs> it is. It's one I used to rent all the time from the cupboard and I came across the VHS, man, for yeah. like a dime. I couldn't pass that up. It's time to revisit this bitch. I haven't seen it in forever. And I just wrapped it up today and, uh, wow, uh, pretty fucking racist by today's standards. <laughs> I that gotta, doesn't surprise me. Gotta say, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I, what I should say is, uh, pretty Damn, not politically correct. <laughs> uh, you got Michael Keaton in there doing... I'm imitating him, so don't read this as me, but you got him basically doing a, oh, you come take my factory ching-chong-ching kind of thing every now and then. It's like, dude, that does not fly in 2018. <laughs> Maybe way back then, but I, for the most of the movie, I was like, this is just not good. I remember being really funny and really enjoying it as a kid. Me but, too. Uh, I, I mean, it was just kind of passable as I was watching it. I was like, all right. And then the third act was like, there were some genuinely funny parts when um, people were standing up to the people that were like holding them down and were, you know, that it, it, so it had a positive message when it was in the end, when it all came together. But for most of it, it was like, there was a lot of shit in there that didn't make sense. Uh, Norm from Cheers, he's mm-hmm. worthless in this movie. Like, he's a prick. And not in a haha funny way, like in a stupid way. Like, they're all complaining as they're going to shut down the factory, and then Michael Keaton convinces them to keep the factory open, but under, they say, okay, but under Japanese management. Okay, so a bunch of Japanese uh, heads come over to help manage it. And the second they get there, the Norm guy is like, haha, fuck you guys, I can do whatever I want. Like, he's just a prick. It's like, you were just laid off for five months, you should be groveling at their feet, happy that you have your job back. Instead, you're being an asshole. Like, they should just fire you and be done with it. Uh, Throughout the whole movie, it was like that. It's like, your character is ridiculous. It makes no sense. Even for back then, you're out of control. Anyway, let me break down all the emotional character arcs of Uh, (laughs) gung-ho! I'm gonna keep it for nostalgia, just because, yeah, that's the way those jokes used to fly. Not so much now, but... uh, uh, interesting movie. Let's put it that way. Interesting movie. And I think you should give it a rewatch at some point. But another Ron Howard into the collection. That was Ron Howard? Yeah. <laughs> Gung ho! <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Last round for you. Okay. Jurassic Park, part three. Um... Uh, I'm happy to report that I like this movie. I've always liked this movie, uh, even despite uh, Tia Leone and William H. Macy, who are not funny, uh, especially Tia, Le- Tia Leone, which I like her, uh, but not in this. It's 90 minutes long. With the end credits, uh, if you take out the end credits, maybe an hour and 25. They waste no time 
in getting to the shit. And the special effects are really good. Uh, the storyline works for what it is. This is like a huge buzz- budget sci-fi original movie, but enjoyable. It's not slow-paced. Um, there, I mean, other again, again, I didn't really like Tia Leona's character, but I could overlook that with all the other awesomeness going on. The Raptors were cool. Sam Neill's back. Uh, they got a different director, Joe Johnson, which I I like him as a director. Uh, most of his movies I've enjoyed, actually. Uh, Wolfman, Captain America, uh, Jumanji, The Rocketeer. I mean, I've, he's got a pretty damn good filmography. And this one here holds up. But this one here seems to be like the least for everybody. It seems like, oh, Jurassic Park 3 is the worst. No, 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 no. Oh, people love to shit on this movie. And right when it came out, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, way better than part two. Yeah, and it is. It's significantly better uh, in, in every regard. Like, the comedy that is in this, uh, it's not good, but it's at least not as cringeworthy as part two. And again, special effects are much better, way better paced. Um, I, man, that's a, it's a damn good movie. It so. also has another thing that is a sticking point for you and me, maybe not for other people, but Kid Actor. Kid Actor in part two, we hated Kid actor yep. in part three, I really liked. Yeah, he was he was good. I liked him. Um, and, you know, I watching it again, I knew where it was going with uh, you know the phone. I'm like, oh, it's they find the phone in the shit, and then I'm like, okay, when's it going to get in the spinosaur or whatever because it eats the person, whatever. Yeah, fine, it works. Just eat people and be ninety minutes long. I'm in. Going back to part two for a second with the gymnastics. Did you have the same reaction I did when I first saw it in the theater? I think my reaction was, huh, I wonder if he has a daughter right now that's just getting into gymnastics. And was like, mm. oh, I'll just put this in my Jurassic Park movie. Oh, God, I hated that part. Oh, man, that's like the, that's my least favorite part in all of these Jurassic Park movies is that. It is, it's, so- it's almost a Jar Jar moment. It's literally, yeah. you have people on your shoulder going, yeah, good idea, George or Steven. You know, like you got to have somebody around you going, don't Dude. fuck, don't do that. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Jurassic Park 3 is, uh, I think, unjustly maligned. I think it's a pretty, I think, not pretty good. It's it's really good. I A great drinking movie. I'll just say that. It's, <laughs> it's nothing near the level of quality as part one, but for what it is, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's, well, I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but it's just certainly better than part two. And I feel like it got back to feeling a smidge like a horror movie again. Like there were parts of that movie that get my heart beating when they're running away from the Spinosaurus trying to break into that place. That was uh, bad ass. Like that, that gets, oh, they're going to make it. Like it was so close. And you still have yep. people that are expendable in your group. <laughs> oh, yes. There was a lot of expendable. Yeah. And the one no guy names. who looks like Jay Courtney, but isn't. Um, oh, I know, yeah, and he steals the eggs. I'm like, you dumb ass. Yeah, yep. Uh, but again, I'm like, oh, I get it. That's the MacGuffin to get the whatever. Yep. <laughs> um, so next up is Space Camp. Oh, uh, yes! I, yes! Uh, I did watch that specifically so I could review it on the show. And I got the Blu-ray for... I texted you saying I got, you know, I got Space Camp on Blu-ray for not much money. Um, and I am happy to report... That's a good movie. Ah, yes. That is a that is a fun '80s family movie. I enjoyed it from start to finish, and I every time that um, <clears throat> Leaf Phoenix, aka Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, is on, I'm like, at first, I'm like, who's that? Who's that chubby little kid? I'm like, his eyes look familiar. I'm like, Leaf Phoenix. 
Oh, it's Joaquin Phoenix. It's the Joker, oh. Eugene. <laughs> yes, it's... Wow. I'll tell you what, this has got... A, I mean, the cast on this movie, Terry O'Quinn's in this, Tom Skerritt, uh, Kelly Preston, Leah Thompson, Kate Capshaw, which Kate Capshaw is Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. And uh, uh, Spielberg's wife. Yeah. But this this was fun from start to finish. The special effects, while you sparingly were were cool in a practical effects sort of way... Uh, the whole way through, you know where this is. You knew where this was going, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. The the silly robot that sends them to outer space. Um, I kind of wanted to like put a little grenade in him and have him explode because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're not really cool. You're 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 kind of killing kids, or you're you know, send children to send space. Children. Yeah, I am a '80s version of Hal, <laughs> but it worked. Totally worked, and and. uh the the whole relate the the teen relationship like he's kind of the outlaw guy which by the way he was it was really easy for him to just pick up some other guy's name tag in the beginning which wasn't that a Japanese name or whatever and boom he's like it that's okay he's he's good to go it's like and right after he picks up the name tag the real guy that was supposed to have that name tag was like wait where's my what where's my name tag like they didn't do a whole lot of research on what happened to that dude's name tag? Eh, anyway, I'm uh, breaking down the... No, no, pop. you should. This is great. Uh, um, one thing I was most surprised about was the special effects. Like, when they're in space and have to do the spacewalk to get the yep. oxygen tanks or whatever. I were, I was like, okay, the, here comes the suckage. And even on VHS, which I watched it on, I was like, these are really, really decent. Like, Yeah, they wow. are. In fact, on my Blu-ray, the space shuttle on a couple scenes... They cleaned it up so much that you can see kind of like the blocking around the space shuttle oh, okay. to where it was like superimposed or yeah. whatever. But I'm like, that's that shows the. You, you can know, see how... that on Star Wars DVDs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but oh yeah, I'm I'm glad this one's in my collection. I can't wait to show my kids this this movie uh, in a year or two, whatever. That's it's just a cool, innocent '80s movie. This oh, and the the style and John Williams does does the score in it, so that's good. Yep. It's um, it's like Flight of the Navigator. It just is that '80s warm blanket that makes me feel like I'm seven years old again. And you can do anything. Like you could just steal a Japanese name tag and sneak onto a space shuttle and yeah. get blasted into space, maybe, and come back okay. Yeah. But yeah. the shining part of of Space Camp for me is the story. In I mean that sounds weird, but in that there's enough intense stuff going on that you're like it's intense for most of the runtime. Oh, um, and all the way until the end, if it was like, what's going to happen? Oh, how are they going to yeah. get out of this jam and oxygen and yeah. got to return? Yep. Oh, it's heavy. And then when they do, I mean, I guess kind of spoiler, when they do get out of their situation, it should come to it as no surprise. The movie ends so abruptly. It's like, yay, we won. And credits. Okay. I was expecting them to do like a jump up in the air and they freeze. And then, and they're all like, gung ho. Oh, and by the way, Lamar from uh, Revenge of the Nerds is in yes, this. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. As soon as Wait he pops up, I'm like, who is that guy? I'm like, that's Lamar. Oh, the, the black guy? No, no, no. I know that. I'm just... I, I'm not sure what his name No, no, wait. Is. I think I... Hold on. I gotta look up Space Camp. Because I think... Holy shit. I think one of the... I think the guy from Space Camp... The one Japanese guy from Space Camp might be in Gung Ho. That will be the ultimate full circle. Yes, it would. And I was also, I was never bored. Hour and 47 minutes, never bored. In fact, 
Uh, even the training stuff, I'm like, I could have stood for even more of that. Like, just the little shenanigans they get into, and then Joaquin Phoenix has to go poopy in the space shuttle, and so the the hero guy has to explain, and then you see his, you know, ah, he's sitting on the shitter. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing it here, so probably wrong. Yeah. Oh, well. Yep. Uh, good. I'm gl- I would have been pretty surprised if you didn't like it, at least, and yeah, uh, that's oh, one yeah. I'll be picking up on Blu-ray. I, I enjoyed this much more than something like The Goonies, which I I feel like I should like The Goonies more than I do, but I, it's it's okay. This one here is right up my 80s nostalgia alley. I just I wish that I would have seen this movie back when it came out. I would have probably liked it even more because this is something that I would have like got a little wait. Little boy. Is this the first time you saw it? Yeah, I've never seen Space Camp before. Oh, holy shit, dude. I watched this movie a ton. Like, I rented yeah. this all the time when I was a kid. Oh, this, I would have had a little, I would have had a little boy boner over this thing if it would have, if I would have seen this back in the 80s. Oh, this that's, is... that's something that gets you put on a list, a little boy boner. Uh, oh, I, whoops. <laughs> Uh, myself, my own boner. I got you. (laughs) No, when I was watching this kid, I was Leaf in this movie. So it was me wanting to go to space camp and then accidentally get blasted into space by mystery robot. That was what I wanted to do. So I could associate with him all the way through. And again, once I hit play on this, I was him. I was warped back to being a kid. Yep. But yeah, big thumbs up. I... I was I did everything I could today. I had a busy day, but I'm like, I, I got to get this movie, and I really want to watch this movie. And it did not take long before I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, this is this is right up my alley. <laughs> and it was funny you were texting me hate about Jurassic Park too, and I was like, well, Space Camp, perfect cleanser for that. And you know what? Exactly, I'll take Space Camp all day over Jurassic Park too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I was even going to review, I was going to talk about another movie, but I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to save that one for next week because I had to review that, uh, that one tonight, Space Camp. Cool. Okay. I do have another round, but I'll just, uh, it's time to wrap it up and I'll put it off because I've been busy doing training shit for my new job. So movie watching has been backburnered, but I still have plenty to review. In future episodes, such as Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Oh, uh, oh, good movie. Or we'll we'll, see we'll talk coming. about that one later, maybe. Uh, the Postman. Uh, wow, I did not expect to end on that. Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. And I rewatched No Country for Old Men because Steven rewatched it and... Oh, shit. That means I have to rewatch it, too. Was loving on it like crazy. So I was like, you know what? I need to give that one a second chance. And I did. And the next time that Steven is on, we will come to fistica. I mean, we will discuss it. We will discuss it like gentlemen. Gentlemen who use swear words. Uh, what do you have coming soon? Um, oh, man. I didn't even review uh, Puppet Master the Tiniest Reich. Well, next... <laughs> Next week, because oh, I've got a oh, I've got a barrage of things that I can't wait to discuss with that one. Um, Eyeball, I did watch, and I can't wait to talk about that one and the uh, special feature on that Blu-ray that I was going to actually spend a lot of time on tonight, uh, but Space Camp. But uh, there is a documentary on that disc that I cannot wait to discuss, and I'll get into that next week. Um, Mortal Kombat Legacy Two. I've got coming up. 
Uh, I really enjoyed the first Legacy, which is this web series that they uh, dropped on the Blu-ray while the part two came out, I guess, a couple of years ago, and I had no idea. So I, now I have it. Um, oh, what else do I have? I've got a couple other ones here. Let me think. Uh, um, damn it. It's, uh, hold on here. There's a couple more. All right. Really I, the Mortal Kombat Legacy. I haven't watched any of those. I want oh, to. The, I just haven't that, got around to it. First one is really, really good. Um, I also got some, while you're thinking of that, uh, Miami Vice. I got some episodes on VHS. A cool. small stack of those. I'm looking forward to going through another uh, seven or eight. That should be fun. Yeah. Oh, I uh, I did get some uh, some other 4K UHD releases, the Mummy Trilogy. I have not seen the D- Dragon Emperor one since I first watched it when it came out on DVD or Blu-ray whenever it came out, and I hated it. Therefore, I bought it on 4K because I... Because... Uh, so I, we agree. Uh, on, we agree on that one. <laughs> is it as bad as I remember? Oh, I don't know. I I watched it when it came out on DVD, the same as you, and we both were like, "This was awful." Yeah. So there's that. Three ten to Yuma. I've got that one headed my way. Oh, uh, Starship. I, uh, note. Uh, oh, I can't. I for, totally made a mental note to say this, but three ten to Yuma. I want to rewatch because, uh, shit. My my uh um. Roulette, Hostiles. Christian Bale mm. is in that. Ben Foster is in that. Oh. And it's a Western. Oh. The last time they were together. Not that that. I love 310 to Yuma. That's actually one that my wife and I, she likes it too. It's just, that, that's a good movie. And that's one that you are always like, eh, but I like that movie. I haven't seen it since the theater. And I I, I thought it was okay, but I, I don't even remember much about it now. Yeah. So anyway, that's a bit of what I've got coming up. And of course, Amazonia and... Uh, Seven Bloodstained Orchids and uh, yeah, some Polizia stuff from Italy and the usual. Yeah, yeah. I've got some more Tom Cruise cruisy things. The Firm and Taps. Uh, all things that are worthy of a dime VHS. At what point will one of us watch The Outsiders? The, the see, Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze. The follow-up to... Uh, or no, wait. The Outsiders was the first one. What's, yeah, The Outsiders, like, that was the... Back in the 80s, wasn't it, where there was like a group of these... Didn't you just teenage... review a movie called The Outsiders? Maybe? A different one. I, I think I just bought the follow-up to that movie. Hold on. Because I don't think I've ever watched the uh, the original Tom Cruise... Oh, I've seen patch. it. Is it pretty good? It's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Intruders. I'm just... I swear, in the last month or so, I got real confused because you reviewed something that was like that. There was a sequel to that movie as well. Called... I don't know. Uh, Whatever. What the fuck? We'll talk about it later. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, The Outsiders was the first one. There was a follow-up to a bit... Ah, the follow-up was called Rumblefish, and I bought Rumblefish on VHS. And I think it only has, like, half the cast. The ones that didn't, you know, skyrocket. Gotcha. But yeah, there is two movies in there. Uh, okay. Uh, I, honestly, if I, if I came across The Outsiders on VHS for a dime, I'd buy it. Why not? It was okay. All right. Anything else to add for this episode? That should do it. All right. I will see you next time, sir. All right. Bye. See ya.
Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.